Although the Tsimitsi are loath to admit it, the only thing that can unify them is an outside threat. Since long before the foundation of the Sabbat, the fiends have been at each other's throats, either for personal power, to avenge a slight, or simply out of philosophical difference. The Carpathians, or the old clan Simitsi, abhor the use of vicissitude, arguing that it is a corruption that turns its wielder into nothing but a host for an infestation, fleshy material to be used at the leisure of the antediluvian once it rises again. In stark contrast, the Draconians, or the Children of the Draken, fully embrace this flesh-warping discipline, instead teaching that it is Koldunic sorcery, which many of the Carpathian Tsimitsi wield, that corrupts their clan. Yet beyond this, their rivalry is not based merely on this difference, but off the deeds done hundreds of years ago that, to this day, will never be forgotten. Nobody knows who the Draken was when he was immortal for he is said to have been born thousands of years ago, and to have been one of the first childer of the eldest. The antediluvian is said to have loved this child deeply, to whatever extent such a creature can express love, and the two developed a relationship not unlike that of a parent and their child. Tsimitsi let the child grow to become a man before it offered him a choice, live and die as a mortal, or become one of his blood. The Draken was always loyal to the eldest and, because of the affection they had shared, he constantly anchored the antediluvian to the humanity it had once left behind, reminding it of compassion, fellowship, and the frailty of mortal lives. And so it was for many years until Samuel, a salubri warrior, was drawn to the Carpathians where the eldest had made its home. He sensed the dark influence of Kupala, the ancient demon buried beneath the mountain and who had been freed by the antediluvian to some extent, in return teaching the clan Koldunic sorcery. Before the eldest was slain by Samuel, it had considered Kupala as an advisor, a source of knowledge to be heeded, but not obeyed. But as Samuel destroyed the body of Tsimitsi, it was reborn in the bowels of the draken. It gestated within him for nine months before its child birthed it and eventually the draken gave the infant-like antediluvian to Yorak, a fellow child of the eldest, to care for in his cathedral of flesh. A grave mistake he would come to regret, as this allowed Kupala access to the significantly more easily influenced Tsimitsi, corrupting it further and divulging even darker magics to the vampire. The draken fled across the sea from his master, burying himself in his studies and meeting Michael, his future lover. The Toreador's beauty and vision was blinding to the Draken, who found himself inspired to create Heaven on Earth. Michael, the Draken, and a Ventru named Antonius became the holy trinity that would come to found the Canite Utopia of Byzance. Antonius would be the father, stern but pragmatic and solid. The Draken would be the holy spirit, passionate and capable of seeing their dream through and Michael was the sun, the inspiration around which those who would help them would gather. But Antonius and the Draken would grow to become rivals over the affection of Michael. Antonius would build and stabilize, stagnating the dream, while the Draken would break it down, bringing plague and destruction upon the lands to keep it in constant change and vitality. Their opposition threatened the dream of the Triumvirate, as they were called, to the point where Michael finally stepped in to mediate. 
he gave Antonius and the Draken two brothers, Gesu and Simeon, who would become their childer, a symbol of their unity and students under their cause. Yet the eldest, without much explanation, sent an envoy to the Draken, urging him not to embrace Gesu. The Draken did not care and embraced the young man regardless, and Gesu immediately fell into torpor. When he awoke, two years later, he embraced his brother Simeon, enraging Antonius and destroying whatever trust had been built between him and the Draken. But in the time between Gesu's embrace and his own embrace of Simeon, the Draken raged, thirsting for revenge. He traveled back to the Carpathians, convinced one of them were behind his child's torpor, and he did not stop until he had slain Triglav, a brother in blood to him. This conflict, which ended the lives of many Carpathian Tsimitsi, is the foundation of the ill blood between them and the Draken, but many more stones were added to it over time. Antonius, in his desire for vengeance against the Draken for the embrace of the child given to him by Michael, supported the iconoclast movement of the Byzantine Empire in order to strike hard at the blood religions that the Draken supported. His goal, whether true or not, was to ensure that there would be no signs of Cainites in Constantinople. Septima Dominica and Caius, both childer of Antonius, realized the scope of their sire's drive for vengeance and proposed to Michael and the Draken that he needed to be destroyed. They agreed, and it was Caius who saw it done, staking his sire and leaving him for sunrise. Both Michael and the Draken suffered deeply from the death of Antonius, the Tsimitsi especially, after realizing that he had loved the Ventru all this time and in 888 he left the city in order to avenge the destruction of Michael's dream. He sought to eradicate the Cainite heresy, another vampiric faith, and the antithesis to Michael's vision. They considered Earth to be the literal hell and prayed for the coming of another Cain who would absolve them and free them from this realm. The Draken finally completed his revenge and desired only death, having grown weary of this world and seeing all his loved ones and all his ambitions crumble into dust. Yet the eldest would not have it. Instead, it turned the dragon into a ball of liquid, swallowed it, and then impregnated Micah Vikos, the dragon's great-grandchild, with the essence of the dragon's rage, bitterness, and nihilism. In the modern days, it is rumored that Vikos's body has been freed from the corrupting influence of the dragon. But what has become of the ancient Timitsi is yet unknown. Some speculate that Michael, despite having gone missing hundreds of years ago, has somehow survived the nights and is now nurturing his old lover back to health. How much of the man who once served as the eldest anchor of humanity still remains is, of course, the question, but then there are many other questions unanswered. The worship of Michael and the dream of heaven on earth has seen a recent resurgence amongst kindred and Cainites. Is this simply another form of Methuselah worship, formed around the idea rather than the person, or has the stained glass angel returned? And if so, how far away is his dragon? <laughs>